So I'm a first-time delegate to this year's Synod for the Christian Reformed Church, which is pretty overwhelming because we haven't met for three years and the agenda is massive. And there are some pretty controversial and weighty topics on this year's agenda. So in order to make sure I'm ready and prepared for the gathering, I'm looking for advice from people who have more experience than I do. And since I know there are many other first-time delegates who are feeling the same way I am, I'm recording these conversations so you can prepare for Synod with me. And so really the first question I have for you, Roger, is what just general advice do you have for a first-time delegate to Synod? Okay, well, um, yeah, I've been to Synod uh, 10 times, and uh, I'll just say in a general way um, just how to kind of see what Synod is and then therefore your role on it. Mm. I did not grow up in the CRC. Okay. So uh, the first time I heard about uh, Reform Synod, of course, was when I was studying the Canons of Dort. You know, the Synod of Dort. Be like, wow, Synod. Wow, Synod. You know, yeah. really big deal. And uh, and then after I was a pastor for a couple of years, I was appointed by my classes to actually attend Synod and be part of it, which to me was like, a huge honor. Yeah. A huge honor. And it is. It is. It is an honor to go to Synod. So I'd say, you know, keep that in mind. It's a real honor to be blessed by your classes, whatever classes it is that's delegated you. And see it as an honor. Now, I do have to say that after I was at a Synod or two, my view of Synod went from like, wow, to a little more like, oh. <laughs> Oh, okay. And and I say that not to, uh, you know, be critical, but it's just uh, you realize you're there. You're one of a hundred and however many other delegates. And uh, not everybody will see things exactly the way you do. Yeah. And uh, over the years, I've been at synods where there were some really important issues being uh, discussed. And uh, it didn't always go the way I thought it should. Mm-hmm. And so you can come away from it sometimes uh, feeling disappointed. Uh, at the same time, um, I think at times I had a little bit of the, what do you call it, the uh, Elijah syndrome, where mm. you think, oh, I'm the only one left, you know, who sees things this way. And at Senate, actually, you develop uh, opportunities. There are opportunities to interact with others, and, and you can encourage each other. And and so there's a real uh, camaraderie that can develop yeah. too, which is why it's great that Synod will meet in person because yeah. camaraderie on Zoom is not quite so easy. It doesn't happen. Not so much. <laughs> so I guess that's in a general way. I'd say, you know, look at it as a real privilege to uh, be able to serve and at the same time kind of go into it realistically. I mean, you're not perfect. I'm not perfect. Nobody comes in. Uh, with perfect knowledge, you're one person of a hundred and however many it is these days. And uh, be ready for some votes you're going to be really excited about in a positive way. Others you might be uh, somewhat disappointed or frustrated with. I mean, these things do happen. Um, But wow, what a privilege to be part of Synod, and especially this coming Synod. You know, you've got a huge amount of material to work through after, you know, the two non-synods during COVID. And then you have the huge issues, uh, the human sexuality report, all these other overtures and so forth coming, restructuring the denomination. Uh, It might be a little overwhelming, 
mm-hmm. uh, for delegates. Yeah. Maybe for you too. It's like yeah. there's so much to absorb. I think that I think the deferred agenda is over 700 pages. Yeah. Which is more <laughs> than a normal synod yeah. would deal with. Plus, you have this year's yeah business to deal exactly. with exactly. So, and that's that's a good thing too. Just uh, you know, read through it as much as you can. Um, when you get your uh, advisory committee assignments, we can talk about that too. But uh, make sure you focus on that um, because uh, you're, like I said, part of a big, huge gathering. And when you're in plenary sessions, you know uh, there's actually a rule for synodical procedure that says uh, speakers are limited to three minutes. Three minutes. And if you've spoken twice and there's someone else in line, you don't get a third turn. I mean, mm-hmm. you're, you're, your impact in the big meeting is going to be limited uh, by time. So make sure you're ready to be engaged uh, during your advisory committee meeting. Yeah. Uh, there, you know, you might have a little... You know, restrictions on how many times you can speak, but there, in a group of maybe 20 versus 160, I mean, you can really um, have the opportunity to uh, represent your classes and mm-hmm. its convictions well. Yeah, do you have advice for first time delegates on how to best feel prepared coming into Synod, especially on a year like this where it oh, seems so boy. overwhelming? Yeah, I. I I've never actually been to a synod quite like this. Uh, some years, you know, the agenda is that thick. Some years, it's that thick. Uh, once in a while, you have a, a synod where you have a number of study committee reports coming at the same time. That that actually can be quite uh, demanding. Uh, but I would just say, you know, read, read, read. Focus on um, your advisory committee's mm-hmm. part of it. And uh, especially if, uh, you know, your classes has been uh, wrestling with some issues and you know you're, you're going to uh, represent them and their concerns, uh, make sure you, you focus on those things. And, uh, you know, don't be afraid to ask questions uh, of uh, others even before you get there. Um, say, I've been reading this, I can't quite get it. What do you think this is at? I mean, don't be afraid to ask questions. And uh, when you're there, too, uh, just make sure you're, you're ready to ask. If you don't understand, you know, what a motion is about, say, could uh, the chairman of the advisory committee uh, repeat the motion? Uh, uh, just so you're not voting because you're expected to. So you, you just know what you're, you're saying when you do your votes. Yeah. Yeah, especially this year, it seems like this is not a year to just kind of rubber stamp votes. No. Without having real clarity on what's happening. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I think I would encourage, I mean, I know I'm the newbie. I'm not here to give advice, but um, my plan is to meet with Roger, but also a number of other guys from my classes who are who are real veterans at Synod and just sit down and, mm-hmm. and try to get advice from them. And I'd encourage anybody watching this to find a few other guys from classes and take them out for coffee and, and try to get advice from them and tips on... How to prepare and how to how to just be m- most productive and effective at at the synodical meetings for sure. I'm again just want everybody to know it's an honor to serve. It's going to be a challenge, especially this year, but uh, people will be praying for you, and uh, we trust that Christ, who is greater than all things, will uh, help you as you do your part yeah. to uh, provide guidance for His church in our denomination as we seek to uh, 
Hold fast to the truth. Reach out in Jesus' name, but not be swept here and there by winds of doctrine. I mean, it's a challenging time. And we might think it's unique to us, but if we've never been through this before, but uh, the church has faced this in many ways across the centuries. Yeah, It's been the history of the church from the beginning. Mm -hmm. The 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 pull to kind of be swept away with culture, the the tension of speaking strongly to an issue and it uh, hurting other people or being offensive to culture. And mm-hmm. I mean, the church has been wrestling with this. Oh yeah. I mean, you mentioned the Synod of Dort at the beginning of this. That was this going on back at the Synod of Dort and before that. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, yeah, go back a little further in church history. You know, you had Athanasius, who. And the saying was Athanasius contra mundum. Is that mm-hmm. the Latin phrase mm-hmm. against the world? And uh, he he was dealing with uh, the church and emperors banded together in a way that uh, was trying to lead the church away from you know the full fledged understanding of God as Trinity and Christ as the Son of God. And uh, he stood his ground, so it was uh, him against the world. Mm-hmm. So maybe it almost was an Elijah situation mm-hmm. there, but not really. But um, yeah. he stood his ground, and praise God, we have the Athanasian uh, Creed, as we call it, uh, that uh, reflects uh, his stalwart uh, biblical convictions. Amen. I think it was John Knox. He said, one man with God is always the majority. Yeah, there you go. There you go. That's good. <laughs> and so that's a helpful reminder, too. Even if you're, even if you're there um, and, and you feel like all of Synod and all of your advisory committee is going against you, as long as you know you're standing with God, right. that's where you should be. Right. And, and feel, uh, it may not feel good in that moment. No. But, uh, but in the long run, that is where we need to be. Right. And we are servants of Christ, ultimately. We're not servants of the synod. We're not servants of our classes, ultimately, either. Mm-hmm. We serve, but we are servants, ultimately, of Christ. Yeah. It's to him we will answer mm-hmm. on Judgment Day, not synod 2023. Mm-hmm. So let's keep that focus, and I think we'll do well yeah. going forward. Amen.